Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it is you are listening. This is the Proverbs for Professionals podcast, where every Saturday I go through a corresponding chapter of Proverbs. For example, today is July 11th, and so we'll be going through Proverbs chapter 11. Last week I was on vacation with my family. Uh, I did debate going through Proverbs chapter 4, but I did not. I just enjoyed time with my wife and our kids. There is a verse from Proverbs chapter 4 that does parlay really nice into Proverbs chapter 11. Uh, it is Proverbs four eighteen and 19. Uh, there's a lot of really incredible passages in Proverbs chapter 4, but this one says, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. And this idea of righteousness or the righteous and the wicked is repeated over and over and over again throughout all of Proverbs, but specifically in Proverbs chapter 11. We see the word righteous 15 times and the word wicked 13 times. So it's drawing out this comparison between what is it for us to live and work and act righteously, and then what is unrighteousness? What is it to live like a wicked person? What does that look like? So a couple of themes that you're going to see here, uh, they're going to come up all the time throughout Proverbs, but, but it comes out a lot here in this chapter. So uh, Proverbs eleven two. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. I've been reading through the book of Esther recently, and I'm just continuously struck by the power of that narrative and that story, uh, and and really the the pride of Haman. If you're not familiar with Esther, you should go and read it. It's a great read. It's actually one of in just all of literature, it's one of the greatest narratives ever told. I mean, this is coming from secular people who just study literature. It's incredible. And you have Haman, who is just this awful person, and he's convincing the king to, to commit genocide against the Jewish people. And so he he gets this really big vendetta against Mordecai and builds these gallows to have Mordecai hung because he believes he can convince the king to do so. And at the end of the day, spoiler alert, uh, Haman ends up, his pride gets him, and he ends up being hung on the very gallows that he had uh, erected for Mordecai. This, you know, this idea of pride is, is actually, I would argue, in the beginning that is the the original sin. You know, when when the deceiver, it's really what Satan means, the Satan, which is the deceiver, when the deceiver deceives uh, Adam and Eve, he says that you will be like God, knowing good from evil. 
So this thing inside of humanity, which has been there, even in perfection, is this, is this idea of like righteousness. And they wanted to know the difference between good and evil, but they had been told explicitly, hey, don't do that. And then he throws in, but you'll be like God. And this is really at the core of so many problems that we have in our culture and our society today. You will be like God. And God thinks so strongly of this differentiation between pride and humility uh, in, in the New Testament, I don't remember the exact passage, but uh, the, the writer in the New Testament, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says uh, that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, therefore humble yourself. So God's opposition is to prideful people, and humility is a task that we get to do. I've probably already covered that before, but I think it's really important because it keeps coming up. And so in our workplace, uh, it's important to have a posture of humility. It's always going to be important to have a posture of humility. And this posture of humility will lead us to asking questions. So let's say you're in sales or if you're in marketing and you want to gather up insight, if you want to get wisdom, you have to come at that with a position of humility. If you truly want to empathetically get insight and wisdom to encourage action for yourself or for your company. This is a biblical principle. It's rooted in uh, this ancient book of Proverbs. Uh, that with the hum- with the humble, with humility, is wisdom. All right, I spent a lot of time on that. Uh, let, let's kind of keep going through here. Um, verse 14, so 1114 is maybe one of the most often quoted verses within the context of leadership. It says, where there is no guidance a people fails. Other translations say where there is no prophetic vision or where there is no vision, people fall. But an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So let's think about that for a second. Leaders, if you're a leader and you're listening to this, when you do not lead with a sense of hope-filled vision, if you do not create a culture of, of hope and a culture of hey we're all in the, you know we're all rowing in the same direction we're all going forward if you do not do that a people not just a person all everybody is going to fail and we've all been there before we've all been in companies where all of a sudden vision and leadership and guidance gets co-opted by short-term thinking and um, you know, the, the bottom line and, you know, on and on and on. I, the, the stories are endless and the examples of companies who have fallen is, is just as endless. Uh, and, and it all starts when a leader or when a leadership group is unable to lead effectively. Uh, and how do we, and the, the writer here gives us an idea of how this happens, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So what is not being advocated here is everybody follow me, you know, come hell or high water, everyone has to follow me and do exactly what I say or else you're, you know, you're gone, you're fired, whatever it is. That's not what is being advocated here. It's not this uh, authoritarian, autocratic leadership. There are, I think there are moments for that where somebody just has to step up and say, this is what we're doing. It may not be popular, but this is what we're doing. I'm not saying there's not moments, but I'm saying if that's all that you're doing, I don't think that you have a safe way of leadership. You ought to, even if you are the, the person where the buck stops, let's say you have four employees and you are the, the owner of the company, 
you still can have an abundance of counselors surrounding you. We live in the most highly connected time in, in global history. You can find people, a board of directors, or even not even, it doesn't even have to be formalized, just a, a bullpen of counselors. And while I'm on that topic, this abundance of counselors, there is safety. I think in America today, and as far as you can do it, and as far as it depends on you, I think it's really important to gain different perspectives and have a diverse group of people, diverse in their backgrounds, diverse in their upbringings, diverse in their socioeconomic status, diverse in their political affiliations, diverse in their ethnicities. I think all of this is critical and it's going to help you be a more effective leader and the better you are at leading, the better your people do. All right. Uh, finally, uh, let's see here, verse 28, whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. You know what? As I'm doing this podcast, I'm thinking, I think I've already covered this. I haven't even looked back. <laughs> You're, I'm live processing right now. I'm pretty sure I've already covered this, but you know what? We're going to go ahead and repeat it, and then we'll see what we'll do next week if, there's, if I've already done 4, 11, uh, 18, and 25. Uh, but whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. And so where do we put our trust? Where do we put our hope? If you are putting your trust in your profits, if you are putting your trust in your stock share, if you're putting your trust in your EBITDA, if you're putting your trust in, in anything other, I would argue than anything other than the hope-filled message of God, if you have your trust, it, it can fall apart. I'm not saying it will, but it can. And we are in the middle of this, this history. I was tucking my daughter in, actually, after we got back from vacation, and I was praying for her, and I, and I just said, Lord, will you help her to lock away these memories because it was such a precious and beautiful time for us on vacation? And I, you know, I said, amen. And, and Vivian, who's 11, she said, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have to... Have, I don't think I'm going to have a hard time remembering this time. We are living history, is what she said. She's so insightful. Um, so this history is showing us that, hey, you can put your hope and you can put your trust in these things that in, you know, in, in the Gospels where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal and where viruses disrupt and dismantle and destroy. But as for me and for my house we're going to trust in the Lord. And that's just what we're going to do. And, and I think that that is a viable place of leadership. It's not a position of, you know, gullibility or naivety. It's actually coming from a position of strength, which says we are going to be resolute in leading and guiding through difficult times. Um, and I'm sure other people have their own source where they could get that kind of strength. I don't want to pretend to know what that is, but I know where mine comes from and mine comes from the Lord. So, that is all I got. Like I said, I got through this, and shame on me for not going back through the episodes, but I was like, I think this has already happened. I think this is a repeat. So if it was a repeat, then I, I guess uh, you're welcome. I don't really know. Um, but if you hadn't listened to it, then, uh, then it wasn't a repeat. So, <laughs> uh, next week, I think we're going to be covering Proverbs 18, unless we already have covered it. Then I'll, I'll think of something else to do. 
uh, for that week. But uh, I want to encourage you to continue to read uh, a proverb a day. It is a great habit to get into. Uh, I've been going through this 90-day journal called The Most Important Hour, and man, I've just been able to read, I've read six books already in the last 41 days. Uh, I've been able to journal and be in prayer, and I've written poetry, and I've read chapters of the Bible. It's been incredible uh, devoting that first hour of my day uh, to, to prayer and to reading and to meditation. Uh, so I want to encourage everyone to do that as well. Uh, I hope you guys all have a great week or you're having a great day whenever you're able to listen to this. And until next time, this is Pastor Adam Peake with the Proverbs for Professionals podcast. Mm-hmm.